Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com, your one-stop shop for self-growth. Go there for workshops, classes, live classes, on-demand classes, certifications, retreats, whatever it is you are looking for, we have it. Come join us. And now for only $49.99 a month, you have unlimited access to all classes live and the entire on-demand schedule. So you can make it work for you. So if you are looking for a chance to deepen your practice, show up every day, or even just a couple times a week, this is the membership for you. We cannot wait to see you in class. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We've got the astrological forecast for the summer. These are the best episodes. So much fun. I know you guys are all dying to know what to avoid, what to do. We're really concentrating on the eclipses here because there's some big stuff coming. So we've got Rose. Rose Theodora. We love her. She's amazing. She's never let us down. She is brilliant. She also teaches a weekly class every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time called Cosmic Embodiment. And so she goes through this stuff every Sunday. So I suggest you sign up for her classes. But what we talk about on this podcast are the two major eclipses coming up which is the lunar on May 26th and the solar on June 11th. They tie really nicely into each other. She kind of walks us through the rest of the summer as well. We also get into a really big conversation about Mercury retrograde, since Mercury retrograde is going to be part of the solar eclipse. And we and you should actually be probably feeling it right now. So we talk a lot about what it really means. Don't freak out too much, how you can handle it, how you can, what you should avoid, what you really can't avoid, and it's okay. And also where it can help you because there's so much misconception around it. Um, I love this episode. It's fun. You get a lot of juicy information. I also want to let you know, if you want, she is doing a new moon workshop on Saturday, July 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can sign up on denanywhere.com. It's going to be incredible. She said it is a very powerful intention setting time. So you're definitely going to want to do it. And nobody's better than her. So definitely sign up for that as well. Enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. Yay, Rose. We've got Rose, our resident astrologer, who's amazing. The best, the best, the best. And we're going to do an awesome astrological forecast that I feel like should, you know, it's fun. It's like, especially being on the East Coast, spring has for sure sprung. Like you can feel summer around the corner and it's awesome. And it's, and it definitely reminds you of like the ebb and flow. Like it's crazy how all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want a garden. I wanted this and I blah, blah, blah. Like it changes your entire frequency of how you want to be acting and behaving. And so I feel like this is such perfect timing. Hey, and there's some amazing things, eclipses coming up, all things we need to know about. But I feel like what a great time to get this out. So people can start also thinking about it from the star's perspective, from the perspective of the energy that's going to be supporting them for the next few months, kind of how can they take advantage of this time for themselves? So I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to do kind of this forecast with always your brilliance that you always have. <clears throat> and if you guys have not experienced your weekly class, run, don't walk. Or the beauty is you can do it from home. So you can walk, I guess, as much as you want and just sit down. You don't even have to go anywhere. Um, but every Sunday at 10 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. 10 or 10, yeah, 10 a.m. 10. Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So work that out wherever you are. She's teaching from Spain. So no excuses. You can be anywhere in the world and take this class. Plus we have on demand. So whenever you want to like take it later that day or the next day, just to get, it's amazing because you get incredibly deep healing meditations based on what's going on, but also 
amazing insight on what's going on astrologically for that week and that day. So please take your class if you haven't already, but you have so many fans. It's incredible. Thank you. And a way, it's a way to embody it too, because, you know, astrology is so heady and it's, um, I, I feel like people are always knowing what's going on, but how do you work with it? Right. How do you actually feel it? How do you, how do you actively work with it? Because if you don't work with the transit, if it's just like passively happening, then I find people are more like submissive to it. Like, Oh my God, this the eclipse is coming and this is going to happen in my life. No, you can work it. You can like really maximize the time, the transit, you can feel it in your body. You can connect with it if you have that lens on. If you don't, you won't feel it as deeply. Yes, and it's such a good point in general because, you know, it's either one, people ignore it and then don't take advantage of kind of what this extra energy could be doing for them, or they like to just be kind of pulled by it. Like you said, it's just like, oh God, it's Mercury retrograde. Everything's going to go wrong. Or, oh God, this is what's happening. And so I just know it's going to be a horrible day and like nothing's great mm-hmm. is going to happen to me, which is also a horrible way to be because you just like, you're not taking any ownership of yourself and stepping into your own power, which is what I love about working with you. You're not someone who's like, well, just sit back and relax because this is what's happening. It's like, no, no, how do you make it, you know, part of who you are and work with it? So I, yeah. I think that's a huge point. I'm glad you brought that up. Right. Are there people who are like, oh, it was Mercury retrograde, like really take advantage, especially if you're a writer or you've got deadlines. I love retrogrades because I'm, I'm bringing it up because we also have a Mercury retrograde for the second eclipse. Ooh. So, yeah. And it's such a great time to revisit your past and to actually close up loose ends, to tie up loose ends and to write and to get creative. But actually, we should talk about that because I, one of the things I've learned from you about Mercury retrograde, which I think is interesting, because I will be the first to like email Rose and be like, fuck, it's Mercury retrograde, but I have to sign this contract. Like, I can't, like, there's just the way the world is working. I cannot put this off two weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. And what's interesting is almost always when that falls, like, I don't have choice of a contract. It's not like, hey, just don't buy a car right now. You have that choice. Don't buy a computer right now. You have that choice. But if it's like something like, hey, I'm getting this job offer, but I'm going to tell them to wait three or four weeks. Like, you know, sometimes you can't do that. Mm-hmm. What has been interesting is almost always when that has happened, and you should explain this more, is it's always been something that I have been working on making, creating it in the first place. So like working on, let's say we'll go to that job example, even though that's not personal to me, but if it's something I've been really working on, how can I get this type of job, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes my way, but all of a sudden, I'd have to sign the contract during Mercury retrograde. I'd be like, fuck, I've waited all this time. I've been, you know, manifesting this job, wanting this job, working so hard. And now it's Mercury retrograde and they're going to give me the contract. I can't sign this. (laughs) What would you say? Because I I love this answer and I think it's brilliant. Well, I would say you sign it, but, but if you can be mindful that you may have to redo it, or there may be something that doesn't quite work out the way you had planned or anticipated. However, if you're, if you've been working with someone for a while and now it's time to sign the contract and it's mercury retrograde, do it because it's a closure. It's tying up something from the past that will enable you to go forward. If it's something out of the blue, brand new, um, then I would say make up some kind of excuse, you know, (laughs) something more uh, reasonable and try to delay it, but you sign it with all means because you're, 
you're going to, there's, it could also play to your advantage in that you may be able to redo the contract when Mercury goes direct because of an error that they made. And maybe it's something simple like a typo, but yeah, absolutely do it. I think, you know, being fearless in all areas of life, no matter if Mercury is retrograde or not, is how we need to be. Also, can you talk about, you've told me this about Mercury retrograde, that's something, and you kind of hinted it about, it's bringing up old stuff. So sometimes old stuff actually comes to a pinnacle. So for instance, if you've been manifesting this one job, can it sometimes land on Mercury retrograde because that's actually part of the pinnacle of what it is you've been working on creating? Absolutely. 100%. Yep. And, and it happens so many times with people. Um, and I've had tons of crazy personal stories and stories with clients about how they discover things or they rediscover, they find things, they get clarity, they get closure. It's such a time to dig into the past. Any retrograde for any planet is just such an auspicious time to do that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but I think that's such a cool thing because we just all feel like, okay, Mercury retrograde is awful. Everything's going to go wrong. But I just always found that fascinating. It's like, no, but if you've been working on this for a long time, and it comes up in Mercury retrograde, it's actually like the perfect timing. It's like doing what it's supposed to do. But your natural inclination is to be like, blah, no. No, because society says no. Yeah, and it's it's a karmic reward at sometimes if something comes back to you. Um, if something ends during a Mercury retrograde, it might revisit you afterwards. There's always a karmic element. So maybe you had this due to you, you know, a long time ago, and now here it is. It's creeping back up. Yep. Mm -hmm. And when, when our next metro, Mercury retrograde is like... May 29th. We're in the shadow period now. It started on May 14th. So if people are listening to it in the future. You can always go back to and look at previous Mercury retrogrades and see what came up for you. Um, that's I always a, a couple great of big thing. contracts this year on Mercury retrograde. And so far, so good. Yep. But as you said, it was stuff I'd been manifesting for a while. So You'd been looking for stuff for so long when you signed those contracts. It was time and... And I think we even picked the best hours to do that. <laughs> so, but then I find it never works out because then you're signing like 15 versions of everything. And it's like, ah, what? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, got to live life though, right? Astrology yes. is that framework and it's such a powerful one. So talk about the shadow actually, like when you're in the shadow of the retrograde into the retrograde. So the first, every time a planet moves into a sign, we call it an ingress, it starts the tone of what that, planetary retrograde will feel like. So this Mercury retrograde, in fact, all three this year are in the air element, which is about thought and communication and the news and how information spreads and the internet, all of that. Um, and so Mercury retrograde this time when it first entered um, Gemini, which is where Mercury will be retrograde, we start to feel what that's like. But on May 14th, it crosses the degree to which Mercury will go back to. So we call that the shadow period is that you can really, you're in Mercury retrograde basically at this point because Mercury is slowing down in speed. So we start to feel it already. Um, and then after Mercury goes direct, we'll have about a two week period where Mercury slowly regaining speed. And so you always want to give yourself a buffer with eclipses too, you know, prior to, and then afterwards. So then how long are we talking is this period? This period would be, let's see, May 14th is a shadow period. Mercury goes retrograde on the 29th. And then I think it goes direct on June 22nd around there. I don't have my exact, <laughs> uh, 
Are we talking like Femoris. a month and a half? Yeah, it's like a month and a half, but every time that's the way it is. But so you that's that the, long every time. Yeah, but that's a cool thing. It's like a, astrology, like anything, is building, right? And then it's the pinnacle moment, and then you feel the waning. We call it separating aspects. So you feel the, the magnetic build and then the alignment, and then you feel the dissipation in which you can integrate and adjust. Astrology is never just boom happening in one second, right? The planets are always in magnetic resonance with one another. Crazy. So, I mean, the good news is everyone just go out and have fun in the summer and ignore Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Come back and do serious stuff and sign contracts in what would it be the first couple of weeks of July? In June. Yeah. Yeah. Basically to like to the first week of July, but you know, we have beautiful aspects happening this summer too. Like, so I know I can't wait to hear. Beautiful. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. So first of all, before we get too far, let's announce that you are doing um, a full moon, right? You know, new doing moon, a new moon, moon in Cancer. Moon. Yes, new moon in Cancer. Oh, I love and that. It's so water. It's so beautiful. It's so fertile. Um, some new moons, you know, aren't optimal for manifesting. This one's going to be it's July 10th, the workshop, and it's all about connecting to your creativity and the new moon and what, how fertile that is for you and where it takes place in your natal chart. So that workshop is going to be juicy and, and very feminine, I think. Yeah. And cancer, I feel like that would be a good one for intention setting, right? Yeah. It's, it's the mother of the Zodiac. Yeah. I was going to say it's a creation. Ruled by the moon completely and nourishing. It's like, what are you nourishing? How are you caring for yourself? What emotions are nurturing you? How are you nurturing others? And Jupiter, the planet of vision and expansion and uh, somewhat universal support, a lot of it is in the sign of Pisces, another water sign. And so we've got that also to look forward to on that new moon. Is it going to be a, like, I'm just thinking about certain people. Is it going to be like a hyper emotional new moon? Yes, it is. It's going to be like a lot of tears happening for a lot of people. But, but in a different way. So there's, this is a good point. There's, there's a difference, right? Between suppressed emotions that come out in kind of like a finicky way. There's, it depends. Like there are some emotional states in which we feel like we're suffering, right? right. And we can't express emotions and we don't feel cared for. And then we become very emotional. This one is different. This one is an embodied emotional state in which we're more empathic, more receptive. And, and it's the, the water element that tends to just flow. So I think it's not going to be quite as sensitive in that way. I think it's going to be more like just flowing into this abundant state of compassion, creativity. Is it going to be like a bunch of people on ecstasy? Maybe. Maybe a bunch of people getting pregnant. I think. <laughs> yep. Wow. See, I could just see people walking and be like, I love you. Well, anyway, so July 10th, don't miss that workshop, an intuitive manifestation workshop for the Cancer New Moon with Rose, which I love. Um, okay, and so I'm going to have a about... special guest too for that one to the, for each sign. Yeah. We'll read for each sign. Do we know who they are yet? I'll or tell you later. Yeah. Okay. Yes. One more question about Mercury retrograde though before. I know it is, but everyone gets very confused by it. If you are born in Mercury retrograde, are they easier for you or harder for you? More comfortable. Yeah. They're more familiar. And it depends on which sign you have Mercury retrograde in, you know? If you've got Mercury, if you were born with Mercury in Pisces, you tend to think very imaginative anyway. And then if it's retrograde, you're going to be very introverted with those thoughts. And then whenever Mercury retrograde happens, let's say in your sign, 
it would amplify that, but there would be a level of comfort. So it depends on what sign it's in. What like sign of what sign, if you have Mercury in that sign, are retrogrades easier for you? Uh, Oh, that's a good question. I think it depends on the individual because we could say that, but then it depends on the aspects, right? Because all the planets are working together. So let's say somebody has um, Mercury retrograde in Pisces. I would imagine that that's a time of of their imagination soaring, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe a, a time where they're even thinking that reality is different than it is. But if they're used to it, you know, it will really depend on the individual. It's so hard to say. I don't know. Not sure. I like when I give you questions that you say, I don't know. I don't know. Because I know it'll happen. She'll go think about it. And then like a few days later, she's like, oh my God, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> or I'm remembering clients or yeah. All right. So let's go through it sequentially. Let's begin. I'm excited. Tell us what we have in store. All right. So we, what's today? May 17th. It's Monday, May 17th that we're recording it. Um, so the first eclipse is May 26th and it's in the sign of, it's a lunar eclipse which means a full moon that's amplified because it's on the ecliptic. And a lunar is May 26th. What day of the week? Let's think. It's a Wednesday. So next, so it's Wednesday. Yep. Mercury's day. Yeah. It's a Wednesday. And that means that the sun and the moon are going to flank the earth and they're light bodies. We call them the luminaries and light is consciousness, right? And the moon is reflected consciousness. It's reflected light. Um, and so it tends to be associated with the um, subconscious or that which we intuitively feel and know, but it's very karmic because the moon is a satellite, totally, it, completely reflecting the light of the sun all the time for however long it's existed, right? So it's so karmic, the moon and the, the light that it carries and the sun being a conscious star um, is emitting a lot of information. And so when these both occur on the ecliptic and we have an eclipse, which is what differentiates a lunar or a full moon from a lunar eclipse, there's a real strength and a magnetism. So that light information is really streaming through our nervous system and we can get really overwhelmed during an eclipse because we can feel a lot, but not know how to consciously process it, right? And so you're getting flooded with information and it's very, very overwhelming yet life-changing. The thing with the the lunar eclipse and the solar eclipse is is it's it's this alignment, this 180 degree alignment in which you come into alignment with the collective destiny and also your personal destiny, wherever these are occurring in your chart. That's intense. Yeah. So we're trying to um, do something, force, you know, some kind of outcome. If we have our minds set on a certain goal or a conversation, it's really going to be difficult for those types of people. Eclipses are all about surrender and allowing whatever is supposed to occur to occur and making extra space, really clearing your schedule because um, every major event that's really happened and, and a lot of like world leaders were born around eclipses too. Can you give some examples? Yes. Nero, who burned Rome, was born on a solar eclipse. Donald Trump was born on a lunar eclipse. I was going to say, wasn't Trump? Yeah, Trump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he was born with his son in Gemini, moon in Sagittarius, and they were opposing. So he was born on a full moon, but then it was on the ecliptic, so it's an eclipse. 
Um, and those people tend to, a lot of people were like, he's going to die because there are eclipses in his signs. And historically, people born on eclipses tend to pass on eclipses. I don't know if that's always the case. Huh. That would be an interesting research project. Yeah. I've dug into it a little bit, um, but I didn't find anything so succinct or um, consistent. Um, Princess Diana died on a lunar eclipse. 9-11 happened around a lunar eclipse. Was she born on one? She was not, Mm -mm, which was surprising. So... Actually, no, 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 I take that back. I think she was because her north node was in Aquarius and her moon was conjoined the north node. So, yes. No, hold on a second. Her, no, 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 no. I'm remembering. I just, people could see our faces because we're like, ooh. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> because I have to get it right. I'm upset. I, I hate misinformation. And it's, I have to be mindful now with the eclipses, too. It's like really get your information straight. Her north for node everybody. is for everybody. Fact check. Really fact check because- right now. Well, here, answer Princess Diana, and then I want to talk about that. So Princess Diana was born on an eclipse. She died on a lunar eclipse. Um, her north Remember what eclipse she was born on, like a lunar or solar? Lunar. Interesting. She, but she wasn't exactly on the lunar. That's why I got confused, because she's a cancer with an Aquarius moon. So that's not, that. that's more of a, that's not an exact eclipse. But the north node is in Leo, south node is in Aquarius, conjoined her moon. So funny, and my husband's uh, Aquarius with a Cancer Moon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I could have told him he he and Princess Di are like one. Or <laughs> no, not really. That's so funny. Yeah. So so she was born around an eclipse. Yes, and then died around one too. So not an exact one. So I want to talk about something I feel like people do not take enough advantage of, our certifications. A lot of people don't realize we have as many certifications as we do. Here's a beauty. You can now do it no matter where you live in the world or what your time zone is. There is something for you. And again, certifications are a brilliant way if you're looking to change your career, if you're interested in something you just want to know more, or frankly, if you kind of are craving to go on a deeper journey with yourself. Certifications are a brilliant way to do that. And we cover everything from Reiki's all the way up to master level, intuitive healing trainings if you're really looking to hone that psychic ability or become an energetic healer, Um, teacher training, which is an intense, incredible program for self-exploration, or if you want to become a teacher, animal communications, breath work, the list goes on. And we're always adding new courses and ways to expand what you know and what you want to learn. So go to denanywhere.com, check out certifications and courses and join us. So talking about um, getting, talking, you were like, you have to get your facts straight around an eclipse, all eclipses or specific to lunar, specific to solar and why? What does that mean? Is it because the intensity of both energies makes it harder for you to think straight or is it because it's mixing stuff? Like, what is it about that statement? Right. Let me clarify even more. It's not that you have to get your facts straight around the eclipses. It's that these particular eclipse cycles. So this is called a Sero cycle and they alternate lunar eclipse, solar eclipse in a pair of opposite signs. So Gemini and Sagittarius are opposite signs. And they are the axes in astrology related to information and learning. And so because they have been- Specific to these eclipses eclipses. coming up. And also Mercury's in its shadow. So- um, It's adding more communication. Right. And if you look at the news, every time you look at music that's being, you know, 
published. If you look at media, news, how information is being circulated whenever the eclipses have been in Gemini and Sagittarius, there's always been misinformation. There's always been confusion. There are always people who think that information is correct, you know, because they've experienced it or they know. And there's this balance during eclipse seasons, depending on the signs. So when was like, can you point, what was, when was the last one in Gemini and Sagittarius? 2003. They, they started late 2001. So eclipse pairs alternate for eight, for about a year and a half always. And then they come back every 18 years. Wait, that's so cool. Say that again. So eclipses, they'll alternate, right? So on mm-hmm. May 26th, we've got a lunar eclipse in Sag, which means moon in Sag, sun in Gemini, we're in Gemini season. And then Two weeks later, we have a solar eclipse in Gemini on June 10th, um, which means the sun and the moon are in Gemini. That will alternate, right, for 18 months. We'll have then a lunar eclipse in Gemini, solar eclipse in Sag. But the north node will stay in the one sign, which is Gemini. So that's been happening for, um, it'll happen for 18 months, and then it will go retrograde back to the sign before and then alternate in those pairs. Can you explain to people why the North Node is linked to where the eclipses are happening? Yes, because the the North and South Node in Vedic astrology, they're called Rahu and Ketu. Rahu is equivalent to the North Node and Ketu to the South Node. And the nodes are not planets. They're magnetic points that occur on the ecliptic plane. And so when the moon passes moving upward over the ecliptic, um, that is where the North node occurs. It's like going upward. And then when the moon passes going down the ecliptic, that's the South node. So you can look at a chart or your natal chart and actually find these pivotal points. All of us have eclipses that occurred around the time we were born. It's rare to be born on an eclipse, but yeah. So that's what a North and South node are. So besides like great leaders, what do you think being born on an eclipse is it about being elite? Like, what do you feel like it creates? Well, I, I can speak from personal experience. I was born on a solar eclipse. Um, so amazing. It's, it's intense as fuck. It's, um, it's really intense. It feels like your whole life is destined no matter what you do. Like you could try to do something and it's just going to pull you into a faded experience. And the North Node is seen, wherever it is in your natal chart, is seen as where you're hungry, where you're most hungry. In Vedic astrology, it's associated with the dragon's head. So it's the mouth of the dragon. It's where you lead. And the South Node is associated with the dragon's tail or where we've come from karmically. So it's where we're overdeveloped, yet it is our Achilles heel. And the North Node pulls us into what we need to consume but you still need to integrate the South node of experience in order to, to be fulfilled, right? You can't just eat um, blindly, in other words. So personally, being born on a solar eclipse, you have such a desire, such a, a drive that you can't even justify. It's like, I don't know why I feel so specific about what I need to be doing. I don't know why I feel such intensity, right? It's like, such intensity, like a draw for people, a draw for experiences or an aversion to it. So I think life is heightened. And for people that are born with planets near the eclipses, they have a sensitivity to them. They're heightened because it's a magnetic point. So that planet, whatever it is for the person is going to be 
amplified. It's either going to have a karmic tone or it's going to have a real drive and a need to, to do something with that planet. Does that make sense? It does. How often when you work with clients or just people or you reach charts, do you feel like, where do you find people within the balance of their North and South node? Cause it feels like you're heading towards your North node and you're moving away from the South in some ways, right? Exactly. Where do you find people tend to be? Such an interesting question. I find that people, they, they'll typically at some point early in life escape into the North node. They'll like run away into it. And then, and maybe they even reject the South node altogether. And that's really not the way you, you want to do both. Um, healthfully. And then people will get really stuck on the South node at some point in their adult life. And what happens is when you have an eclipse cycle that activates your natal eclipses, right? So let's say um, people right now with North node in Gemini, South node in Sag, or vice versa, they're going to feel really called into their purpose. The universe is aligning them to their destiny. So they'll, they'll naturally gravitate towards that magnetic current, often moving towards the North node. Um, so I don't know if, if it's like a consensus, but I find that people, when they're younger, like a teen, young adult, they run towards the North node. They completely reject the South node. So when you're in, so everyone at some point, when the eclipses are in your North and South node combo, mm -hmm. you have about 18 months where things are, I don't want to say the word intense, but it feels more direct. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Oh, if you work intense. with an astrology, totally. If you work with an astrologer mm -hmm. and you go back in time and you look at all the major eclipses that happen in your, your nodes, yeah, those will be the most pivotal life-changing years ever for you. All right. Well, then ba so back to Gemini and Sag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the eclipse on the 26th, it's a lunar eclipse in Sag. Um, and so all of us collectively are going to be ending a belief that we have because the South node is where you're letting go of something that's kind of overdeveloped or, you know, uh, has expired. And so we all tell ourselves stories. And those stories are based on experiences. I've had these experiences and therefore this is my truth. It's not anymore. It's not your truth anymore. You've got to tell a different story. And the world that we live in right now has to tell a different story. We can't keep telling and believing the same story. We've got to change it. We've got to rewrite it. So whomever... And there's going to be the shadow side of this to express. People are going to be particularly righteous if they're clinging on to that South Node expression. So the um, lunar eclipse on the 26th is about really surrendering that belief and allowing a clearing to take place and really letting go. I mean, what's so interesting, though, is like, I mean, I guess this is a stupid question, but I'm going to say it anyway. So what happens when like the collective, which I could pretty much assume won't necessarily release an old belief because I know where we are as a collective right now is so split and <clears throat> in a tough place. And I just can't imagine though we need it that at some point everyone shifts their thought and finds a new thought that is one that probably everyone can more live within. So what does that mean? Like when you're looking at kind of how the universe is guiding us and what we're like, where we're supposed to be heading, but yet we're kind of so off of that and that you know that you're going to enter this eclipse and that's 
probably it's probably going to live more in the shadow than it's going to live in where it should be growing. Yeah, I think it's a great question, actually. And <laughs> I, I, what's fascinating about it is that we don't really know because we're always on path collectively. It, we can look around and judge it, right? It looks like chaos. It's a painful place to be. A lot of people are dying undeservingly. So we're judging it, right? And we're looking around and saying the world right now is a fucked up place. But what's happening is that we are realizing a lot about people and about society. And this is what the, the nodal axes of Gemini and Sag is teaching us, that through COVID, through this kind of segregation and isolation that we've been in, and through all of the, the confrontation that we've had dealing with our history in the world, um, a lot of people think about how much you're realizing about your community, about your friends, you know, about what they truly believe and about what they're speaking and about their thoughts in a, in a way that you wouldn't necessarily get to see if all things were well, right? Quote, unquote, well, if we didn't have this separation, we wouldn't see the truth. We wouldn't see this reveal. So we're having to look at the way that we digest information and what our truth is and how we relate to people and what the common story is. So it is working yeah. and it is taking place whether we know it or like it or not. And the thing with eclipses is it's like, this kind of invisible fabric, this faded fabric working through society that we don't really see the outcome for a little while after. So it's working its magic right now in real time. And this alignment, it's happening. And it's, it's sort of like this divine orchestration where you're going to get news, things are going to happen in your life, whether you like it or not. You're going to have these mental epiphanies, these realizations and these new ideas, and that is going to shape your future and shape society's future. So it's happening. It's this invisible fabric, but we don't know how it's going to play out. Eclipses are like a wild card. I love that answer, actually. And I, I think it's so true. You're right. It's this invisible fabric. So it's like slowly shifting. Interesting. Okay. Keep okay. going. Sorry. Okay. So that, well, it's, I love eclipses too, because it's like, it's so, and if you look at the part of your chart where Gemini is and Sagittarius, that's the part of your chart, despite not being born on that eclipse, that's the part of your chart that is changing drastically right now. So it's a big deal. So cancer and sad. I mean, sorry, Gemini, Gemini and sad. Yes. Yeah. That, the, yeah. The, the um, new moon is in cancer. Yep. I know. So now I'm going in my head. Okay. Interesting. Of like my own chart. I was like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a big one for you, Tal. <laughs> lucky me. Yeah. No, but lucky me, actually. I say that kiddingly, but it's true. I think so. You're ready for it. Like you, sometimes we don't feel ready for change and the eclipses are, they're kind of, kind of like a, a joke. It's like, okay, I, whether you're ready or not, life's changing you know, let go. In other words, surrender. Also, I feel like, I mean, I made that joke, lucky me. And then I was like, no, actually it is lucky me. It's, I feel like whenever you get the power behind you and it is forcing change or whatever, it's a huge shift, even though you might be like, oh God. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever looked back in their life on those things that have totally shifted. And then down the road, when it all makes sense, regretted it. Like it always is for the better. Yeah. Always. Yep. Like, and it always shifts stuff in 
works thing. So, I mean, so I joke lucky me and then I did change it where, yeah, lucky me. Okay, good. I might get a little smack <laughs> in the ass, but I'm, I'm <laughs> so talk about specifically. So it's going to be collectively. So it's this idea of finding truth um, and what the collective truth is and letting go of these old specific ways of thinking of things and ideas. And then what do you feel like on granted individually, it'll be specific to people's charts, but how do you think people individually can work that? Yeah. Well, one thing to keep in mind too, is that because the moon is going to be in Sag, the planet that is associated or synonymous with Sag is Jupiter. And Jupiter just entered Pisces where it's exalted, where it loves to be. Um, And so Jupiter and Pisces is about really intuiting and feeling the magic of life and feeling the synchronicity and using the imagination to create a new reality. There's a shadow side, of course, like indulgence, access, you know, accessing things, um, overindulging um, or in excess, I'd I'd prefer to say. Um, And so Jupiter is going to be squaring the sun and the moon. So if you imagine a capital T, that's the shape of the planets, and that creates an inner tension. And that inner tension creates drive for change. But the drive for change is usually felt like a crisis. And the crisis is on an individual level, wait, where am I headed? What's the future? I just got this news. I'm changing my beliefs. I'm changing the way that I think. I'm getting new information. Now what? How does that impact my future? Right? Or we find that we have much more compassion. So Jupiter is where we, it's encouraging us to have more compassion for one another and to have deeper empathy and to really use the faculty of our imaginations to create a new reality. So that's the missing step. It's like, we've got to do that work. So on an individual level, there's a lot of realizations around this doesn't work anymore. What I've been telling myself doesn't work anymore. And maybe we've had radical beliefs, whether it's religion, spirituality, um, whatever it is that are changing based on our new perspective based on the environment based on conversations that we're having and specifically based on our friend groups and do you feel like this is a strong enough eclipse in the sense and I guess maybe it depends on the chart where like if you were in a place of you know kind of already being aware of that like what I've been doing how I've been doing it isn't working how can I shift it then in some ways this eclipse is very empowering because it allows you then to kind of see through it and know maybe what steps to take or where to go and feel a little more empowered and shifting it but what if you're not yet in that awareness? Does this eclipse feel like someone's taking a club to your head? Like, yeah, yep. is it forcing shit to fall apart? So you yep. actually start to realizing it? Yep. No matter Realize what. It? Yeah. It feels like the rug will be pulled from underneath you. And if you still cling to your beliefs, you, you we're all being asked to adapt, to be flexible, to look at duality, really, because duality is, is, multiple perspectives of one universe, right? It's like, yeah, there's this oneness, but we're all this, there's infinite variety. And so the North Node in in Gemini is saying, look at the variety, look at the different perspectives. There's not one side, you know, you're standing in one place and you have one perspective and that is not reality anymore. You've got to, you've got to pivot. You've got to look at a different perspective, a different view. You've got to listen. So if people aren't doing that, they're going to have a tough time. And sometimes those tough times can manifest as physical ailments. And in this case, I guess it would be something related to the lymphatic 
related to the thighs, the hips. So pay attention to, this is something that we talk about in my Sunday cosmic embodiment class all the time is what signs have to do with what body parts. So you can actually feel it um, because this lunar eclipse is in Sag, which is about the thighs, which is about, you know, the thighs and the hips and that which allows us to move forward. So if someone is like a Sagittarius rising, are they a little hippie? Yeah, they tend to be animated because Sag is, is ruled by Jupiter. So they tend to be gregarious, you know, like larger than life or but animated with their hands. Yes, they tend to have, they tend to be a bit bigger or at least have like um, sturdy thighs, you know, athletic <laughs> thighs. Yeah, it's the centaur. It's like the, they, that's their center point. That's their energy yeah. point. So they're more defined there. They tend to be taller, really animated. Not all. But yeah, I think the thighs would be a sensitive point for them or emphasis. Okay, so Sagittarius is the thighs. Keep going through like what other body parts are connected to the different things within this lunar eclipse. Um, Jupiter in Pisces is our, it's the feet. Um, so, and these are indications, like, let's say, you know, nothing about astrology and you start having sore feet, you know, that message for you would be, what is your vision? Are you trusting in the process of life? Are you trusting in the unknown and the unseen? Um, and then Gemini is related to the wrists and related to the hands. So if you start, like I've, my, my wrist has been hurting like crazy. And I've been trying to do too much and pushing too much. And, you know, the sun is about to enter Gemini on May 20th. Mercury and Venus are in Gemini and the eclipse on June 10th will be in Gemini. So those are key points to pay attention to. Mm. Maybe I'm being too flexible. Maybe I'm doing too much, right? And therefore I'm having these Gemini aspects of my body that are flaring up a little bit. So you want to pay attention to your body for sure. Amazing. No, that's amazing. Gemini is also the lungs, and which is why COVID has been been a thing. You know, the North Node, the, the eclipses have been in those two signs. So that's like one small part of why COVID is such a massive life-changing thing. So I feel like I should know this, but I don't remember. Is this the first one back in Gemini and... Sag. No, they've been no, they've been going on for the past year. I, yeah, I was right, trying that's to. What I thought, but I didn't remember when. Let me see. The first one was on June fifth, twenty twenty. It was a lunar eclipse in Sag. Right. And they and they always overlap, right? So they alternated in Sag and Gemini, and they were finishing their cycle in Cancer and Capricorn. Right, because wasn't this right around when did like BLM, like George Floyd, start? That stuff started because he was saying, I can't breathe, remember? And that's specific to the eclipses in Gemini. So, um, but that was happening a bit before. May. Yeah, that was happening in May. But that's interesting. But there was still, I think the sun was in Gemini and we might've had like a new moon. And then there was also something, I remember. um, I remember there, yes. Now I can't remember specific astrological things just because I'm focused on the future. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> but there was definitely, I mean, that was this whole thing, right? I can't breathe. That was yeah. the, the preview of the oh, eclipses. And, me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hey. Okay, so now we're a year in. Basically. So now we're a year in and they're going to close out. The last eclipse in this series will be June 10th. Uh, in Gemini. And then we, let's see, 
No, the last one will be December 3rd in Saturday. I was going to say it should be six months. So here's my question. Is it only about placement or is there also something in that 18 month period of a trajectory of like intensity or anything that happens? You mean with the other planets? What do you mean? So like, if you're looking at like, okay, here we're talking the first eclipse is June 5th, 2020. The last eclipse is December, whatever, 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, So those eclipses within this patterning, this duo, does it take any trajectory as far as like it starts less intense and then it gets more, they get more intense or no, is it totally random depending on like placements and what's going on astrologically? Yeah. It depends on what's, what else is happening astrologically. Like the one on June 10th that we have will be the solar eclipse in Gemini and Mercury in Gemini will be retrograde. So this is going to be very intense in terms of information and Mercury is. Yeah. Let's wrap up. And then get there. So yeah. tell us what else we need to know then about the lunar eclipse. Is there anything else people should be aware of? Think about, is there like a timeline? Like, again, talk about like the week that it kind of lasts. It's two weeks, right? Yeah, but we're feeling it now. So the new moon that we just had in Taurus is was the catalyst. It was the last new moon that was like really auspicious before this other auspicious, let's call it time before the eclipse mm-hmm. window happens. So just like we talked about the buffer with Mercury retrograde, you know, two weeks before and two weeks after, which is called the shadow period, the eclipse has about a month before and a month after. Whoa. Yeah. And here's another fun fact is that however long the eclipses last, so let's say it is three minutes and I don't know how long this one will last. Let's say it's three minutes to an hour equivalent is equivalent to one month. So one hour is equivalent to one month. So it lasts a while. Its effects can last up to six months is like the go-to. Wow. Yep. Okay. So this one, like you just said, really shifting your belief systems, shifting how you operate day to day. And that means what you do, how you think, who you hang out with, what your beliefs are. Um, It's really about that change in a big way. Sag is a sign of faith, but it's faith based on experiences we've had, right? I know I can get through this because I've done it before, or I've, I've witnessed someone else do it. It's, it's having the faith internally that will get you through something. Sag looks to the horizon to have a kind of vantage point. And so because the, the lunar eclipse is happening in that sign, we have to let go of thinking that we're right or thinking that we know something. And we have to instead go to a reality that we can't only see on the horizon, but that we can imagine a new reality. And we do this through having conversations and through listening and through opening ourselves up. So it's a, a real release in terms of the stories that you tell yourself are true. Which is lovely. If you can get rid of your stories, you're... <sighs> Aren't we all? I mean, place. we're all working on it. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on. All right. June 10th. Solar eclipse in Gemini, 19 degrees for people who want to know, which is the exact point. And because Mercury will be retrograde, it's also making a difficult aspect to Neptune. And Neptune is the planet that is also about the imagination and the arts and basically our spiritual reality. It's not of this world. And Gemini, or excuse me, Mercury is the antithesis of Neptune. Mercury wants logic, facts, clarity. And Neptune says, I don't care about this reality. I care about 
this, this alternate reality. I care about escapism. So whether that's through film, drugs, music, art, you know, art allows us to escape. Um, sometimes spirituality allows us to escape too. It can be a bit fanatical. Um, oh yeah. And also delusional. That's, a, that's another podcast episode. Yeah. Right. That one I'm excited to talk about. Oh um, God, we, sh- we need to do that. But it's, it's really about empathy for oneself. It's about having um, healthy forms of escapism and mercury retrograde where I, I would expect confusing information in the media and confusion around what, what's real for you. And people, when we're confused, tend to assume things, right? So there's like a fine line of talking and talking and talking so much that you just are so uncertain. Um, this is a shadow side of the eclipse. So I think to create a place of stillness, because there's going to be so much information and so much intuitive hits. So for the solar eclipse, this is not a place or a time that you want to be like manifesting. It's a new moon, but it's a new moon times 100,000. So you don't want to go out there and like try to control your reality and manifest something. You want to sit and surrender and align. You want to fall into place. So you don't want to become someone else's eclipse because things are going to be and and information is going to be eclipsed into your life and eclipsed out of your life. You don't want to become someone's eclipse. You don't want to say something rash or rude or insensitive that they could hold against you that affects their reality in a negative way, right? So that's the just of of the solar eclipse on the 10th. So is it, are people going to be really annoying? I think people are going to be confused. And I think that it's a time when there's going to be a stream of information. So, you know, I've been deleting apps off of my phone when I get too overwhelmed and taking a mini break. So setting boundaries for yourself will be really important in terms of um, protecting your nervous system, but also looking forward to information that you're getting and having like life-changing conversations is what we have to look forward to. But this idea of like Neptune kind of at a bad aspect with, you said Gemini? Yeah. And I prefer, it's a bad aspect, but it's more of a challenging, yeah. (laughs) Challenging aspect. I know, sorry. Challenging aspect. Like to me, I see someone's brain like wanting to explode. Especially if you have a predisposition for that. Let's say you've got Jupiter in Gemini. Let's say you are a person that overthinks everything or that needs other people's approval or that tends to have flights of fancy, right? You would be a person that would need to get more grounded so that you can clear your ideas and what you already think and be still to receive. Um. And maybe if you feel inspired, eclipses are always like dropping things in your lap. So someone, if someone recommends a book around this time, I would pick it up. If you know, if you're called to listen to a new podcast, listen to it. If you, whatever it is, it's going to be inspiring information that is a catalyst for your evolutionary growth. And that's what eclipses are really about is an evolutionary change. So this is like a huge time for downloads. Yep. Huge. And it's Neptune's distorting our reality and it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing if you're trying to live in reality as it is and as it appears to be, and you're trying to control it. So then talk about how 
Mercury retrograde then comes into play with this. Mercury is saying you've got some things, some loose ends, some conversations that need to be had and need closure. And there are things that you relate to that maybe are no longer needing to come forward with you into the future. It's a new beginning, whether you like it or not. So let's close up these loose ends. And let's also start to have a different perspective in which you're more receptive and listening more. Mercury retrogrades about being internal instead of external. So maybe taking a beat and digesting what you've just heard or whatever the conversation is like, I've imagined how many times you've heard something, whether it's a podcast or a conversation, and you just like are ready to hit the ground running because you you're triggered or you want to share that information. Don't sit with it for a second, take a beat and see how it changes you. And, um, I feel like information is so sculpting, right. And then move, but don't just jump, don't leap so fast. You'll, you'll have issues. I was going to say, is this also a time, does that affect your relationships? Like, should you be a little, take some beats before reacting, which I know you should do anyway, but is it more on hyperdrive? Completely because people will personalize things and be, I think there's going to be a bit of a hypervigilance in terms of victim consciousness too. And, and those would be the people who are maybe not doing the embodiment work. Maybe they're not, um, maybe they're not taking time to get clear and to meditate, you know? Hey, so I wanted to talk about our memberships. So if you are listening to this, no matter where you are in the world, you can now be a part of our community for $49.99. That's it. You can take class every single day, as much as you want. You can take classes 10 times a day if you'd like. Between our live schedule and on our on-demand library, you will have unlimited access. What's beautiful about this now is make it work for you. Whatever you respond to, however you are growing, you will have the ability to set your own schedule and again, like I said, make it work for you. So join us. Become a denizen. $49.99. We can't wait to see you in class. So it's interesting. It's a similar theme because I get it because you're working with the same nose. This idea of like what you know is no longer your basis. Like it's going to shift. Um, <clears throat> but one is kind of like the first, you know, the lunar eclipse is more about embodying it, right? And the second one is more about kind of digesting it and being open to hearing what might be replacing yes. what you let go of. Yes, that's a really good one. Yeah, the lunar eclipse on the 26th is total surrender and letting go of beliefs and clearing. And the solar eclipse is about being open to new information and surprises. And this axis between Gemini and Sag is also about learning. It's about teaching and learning. So some of us are going to ask, be asked to preach what we practice, right? And we're going to be confronted. You know, what is your truth? Are you living it? Are you really living it on a daily basis? Um, or are you full of shit? I mean, this could be one theme, right? Another theme could be um, people really wanting to learn and taking new courses and just this insatious knowledge or, you know, drive to, to learn more and to, to have more knowledge. So I think we can expect that too. It's a time of learning and a time of understanding teaching in a different way and processing. Yeah. So it's like you're in the first one, the fight you've had with your parents over the religion and how you've changed is only going to amplify and going to force you to kind of make some changes. And the second one's going to make you 
really step into these changes and learn more about where you're headed. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And to have more compassion for sure. I mean, we've got Jupiter with the first one and Neptune with the second one. So the first one, the lunar eclipse is letting go of the beliefs you have in the righteousness the self-righteousness and imagining something that you cannot visibly see, right? And having faith there. So it's like reestablishing your faith in a different way. And then the lunar or the solar eclipse on the 10th is about learning a new perspective. And it's going to be probably new information that you couldn't have imagined. It just drops in your lap. It could be an email. It could be an opportunity that someone says, hey, we want you to come here. Are you interested in doing this partnership? Or here's some news. And it's going to alter your reality in a positive way. It's exciting time coming up. I think so. I think eclipses are so exciting, especially if you have any planets too. Like let's say you've got Venus, Mercury, Saturn in Gemini um, or Sag. So if you have any personal planets in these two signs, also this is going to be activating that nature, their nature in your life. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. All right. What else is there going on in the summer that people should be aware of? Well, I think spring is more active than summer. I think that summer gets more juicy. Jupiter will then go retrograde back into Aquarius. And um, we've got Leo season, which is going to be pretty beautiful. And in, I think we need it. I think we need to indulge and enjoy. I was say, I'm glad it sounds like the summer is kind of like a gift we're all being given. I really think so. Fall gets intense again. We're going to have more eclipses. Um you know, we've got Uranus Saturn square all year. It's going to intensify again. Everything goes through periods. I think summer is like a little bit of a breather. It's, it's about indulging and, and I'm speaking mostly July and early August. I think that's the juiciest time to just, we don't have Venus going retrograde this year. Mars isn't going retrograde. Thank God. We just, we have a lot to celebrate, which is newness and, um, I think all of our lives are changing so drastically. So this is like a little bit, okay, we're putting you through it. Now take a breather, rest, get used to this new version of yourself. Like Digest, digest like to the feel new. Feel it. Yeah. Feel the vibration, feel your new clothes, whatever it is. And then get ready. The fall's coming and we're going to start testing you again. Yep. Into winter. Winter is always a <laughs> an intense time. Yeah. I mean, and then the eclipses start in... Taurus and Scorpio, and that's going to be a whole different story. Well, that'll be exciting. We'll have to get back on for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is that, is that fun for you? I mean, I'm sure it is. Is it fun for you? And as astrologer, when the season changes like that, and by season, I mean, like you're heading into a different, you know, eclipse cycle. Eclipse. Yeah. The Saros. I think that's the most exciting thing. Yeah. I love when, when, major planets have aspects that we're celebrating all year or working with or through. I love eclipses changing, um, which happens every 18 months. And just another fun fact, the eclipses actually, you can go to NASA's website and you can actually look at these eclipses and when they first started in the sign, and it's going to be at least like a 3000 year cycle that these eclipses have been repeating for 18 years in the same degrees. So think about that. We're carrying this information throughout society collectively, right? It's like this imprint for 3000 years before it 
ends and moves on and starts another cycle. It's crazy to me. I was going to say, do you think there's anything to the symbolism of those numbers or is it just scientific? No, it's a hundred percent. I think we don't have all the information, even about astrology. I think we can't prove things yet. And I think there's so much significance if you look at these cycles and how they've played out in history. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. And I love you. I love you. Thank you. No, my God, of course. So everyone, a few things. Don't forget the new moon ceremony um, workshop with Rose on July 10th. So sign up for that. Go to denanywhere.com and her weekly class. I mean, there's zero reason you shouldn't be taking this weekly class. It is amazing. She's amazing, as you can tell. So that is on Sundays at 10 a.m., denanywhere.com. And you, my friend, are always a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Ted Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Joining us, if you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc